the children of the hour of darkness were born, I'm afraid, in the midst of the age of darkness, so that although we found it easy to be brilliant, we were always confused about being good. Welcome back to the book club, boys. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by your three favorite people, Max, Sam, and Adam. And don't worry, everybody. We are good, even though we might not be brilliant. Boys, oh, how nice. you doing today? Man, that was a what smooth a little dismount. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not ready to follow that up, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, was, that was nice, yeah. man. That just come right, right off the top. Yeah, honestly, I didn't wow. even I didn't even have it planned, Holy my guys. Boy. And this is why he makes the big bucks, folks. Yeah, it's not a it's not a big deal, but it, you know, I I do have a pretty good microphone and I do <laughs> have good internet now. It's called so investing you can in really your future. Really say I'm a, I'm an e boy, e boy, oh. e boy, capital B, not undercase, capital B. <laughs> Max, did you get new headphones? No, these are just. Uh, the same ones i've had but they've recently been working <laughs> i'm sorry they have not been working recently so i'm hoping they last the whole pod and i'm able to hear you guys' voices and and interact sling around some jokes do some yeah. analysis i mean that that sounds like it's probably a, probably be a good thing you know yeah, i'm definitely not an expert at this stage but i would agree <laughs> well boys what's new what's new with your guys's lives um, I just walked through the door from work, and I'm super sweaty. I'm tired. I'm ready to pod. Uh, oh, baby. <laughs> not a ton. I think, I think that's just ideal podcasting conditions. Yes. Like, honestly. Yeah, sweaty, sticky, tired. Yeah, like, you've, you've seen the videos of Joe Rogan. Like, he always looks <laughs> fucking sweaty. <laughs> yeah, fuck, man. Mm. Pretty good. I'm actually, Monica and I are going to Maine tomorrow and friday and saturday sunday for a family reunion for her family and oh. holy shite am i psyched to not work tomorrow i'm like fucking pumped about it dude there's it sucks that i feel this way but like when you're working a full-time job having a day off is like the greatest shit ever oh my god bro i know it's also like at that it, stage with this job where i'm already like uh, yep give me those days off baby give me two in a row <laughs> give them to me <laughs> give them give me all of them yeah, give me all of them. yeah. yeah. it's it, we're, you were just turning into the people we used to hate when we catered we just <laughs> got super excited over some little shitty barbecue rolling through like oh dude it's barbecue day let's go for real bro <laughs> dude i actually this thought reminded me for luke and sammy the version of the joke you know the joke i everybody would tell us when we were barbecuing of like Oh, it doesn't matter, not matter where you put it on the plate. Like, it's all going down the same spot. Oh. Yeah. The version of that joke for me is I go to change a meter and somebody's like, Oh, so uh, this one's going to send me checks in the mail, huh? Hey, like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. They're like, funny, so this one's going to reset my bill, right? And I'm just like, oh, my God, bro. That's you're, Hey, you're funny. I've heard that six or seven times this week, okay? It's always like some old dude with like a little bit of a tummy, like really giggling. It's like, all right, <laughs> Coincidentally, that's the same person who would make the it's all going down the same place joke. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Right? He like stands and like watches like he has any idea what's happening. He's like, oh yeah, like what's, what are you reading on there? I'm just like, just fucking fuck off, man. Like I'll be here for five minutes. Just say your joke, giggle, and then go inside and like hang out with your kids or something. I don't know. <laughs> dude i mean that's the equivalent of like people at my job that i was ranting about was it last week or two weeks ago but just the people like you know 
fawning over everything and then when you're working with like the really hot inflatables and shit they're just like wow that looks hard like yeah, yeah no shit <laughs> we're in the middle of like an almost historic run of hot days and we're working outside on black tops for like oh, all of them fuck that like, dude that looks like oh, hard work i hating this right now yeah dude we don't I, I don't know about you guys but we don't have ac we have like a swamp cooler oh and fuck it's a little brutal it's over baby <laughs> Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah we're we... listening, man. <laughs> Sparkling. How hot? How, how hot is it? Give you any, uh, any, uh, you know, desires such as in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah true, no, true. I haven't, no I haven't lusty. feeling uppity, boys. You better watch out. He's <laughs> 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 violent. <laughs> Violence or lust or both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of the book, you guys want to hop into our our summary section? I know we're gonna be trying to have a little shorter thing today so let's just get into the content oh i'm ready baby oh yeah so i'll be doing the summary today and uh to start off we had our first chapter which was love in bombay and it was talking about a month of fasting called ramzan and uh and i'm sure i pronounced that just atrociously uh, where Salim and the brass monkey basically are able to convince their mom to take them to the movies like all the time and they go and see all these movies and it's super awesome and then um eventually he salim falls in love with this new girl who's the like american gunslinger archetype of the book apparently riding around on her silver bike and shooting stuff out of the air with her freaking air pistol um and you know just this girl kind of goes into goes into their fold he tries to learn how to ride a bike to impress her because he just loves her so much and then eventually he's like able to learn how to ride a bike and he really really wants to show her but she wants to look at this like protesting stuff that's going on because there's like these language protests because they're kind of chopping up india based upon common language um and so they're trying to figure out where Bombay falls and all that. So eventually he like starts riding this bike around her. And there's this whole crazy sequence where he like goes into her mind and goes way too far into her mind to the point where he sees this like weird image of her with like a bloody knife and what I would assume is her mom, but I'm not sure. Um, and then like, she's like telling him to get out get out get out and eventually like shoves him and the bike down the hill into this protest where he says a little like kind of derogatory insulting like rhyme thing in a different language because he just wanted to get out of there and then the whole like crowd starts like mimicking this rhyme and then they run into the other people who the rhyme is making fun of and then there's like a riot and people die and then that kind of like kicks that stuff off so another link in the whole him and india's history there uh the next chapter my 10th birthday uh was it gave us the great return the great return times of our dung flower padma she's back baby <laughs> and she came back with a vengeance because she when she was gone she consulted a holy man who told her "Ooh, get these herbs put them in your put them in your man's food and then he'll get big boner times <laughs> and he did not get big boner times he got a massive fever and it left him like delirious and he's kind of like just 
out of his he's he's lost his wits a little bit right but um he gets back on track with the story and then this is where um like this is where we really get introduced to all the other midnight's children um he says that there's a thousand and one children that he can basically telepathically connect with as the midnight's children and they have all these different special crazy powers like there's one one child who uh, whenever they go into water, they change their gender. Um, there's a child who uh, has like fish gills. There's it, it, it's all this crazy stuff, and it seems like the closer to midnight that the child was born, the more powerful they get. So Salim and Shiva, who is the actual son who got switched by Mary Pereira, um, they're like kind of the most powerful ones. Is kind of how it's all written out. Um, while this is happening, he's just kind of also describes that uh, his dad just keeps keeps drinking like real bad and just keeps getting worse and worse. And there's a he really hits the nail on the head with the kind of wordplay when he writes the gins and tonics line, which I, I think I marked down somewhere. But um, basically that keeps happening. Uh, and then Mary Pereira's sister has to come work for him because he like drives off all his other assistants and stuffs. Um, and that kind of brings us to the Pioneer Cafe chapter, which was like the much hyped up Pioneer Cafe chapter. Um, to start, there was also this introduction of this other woman in Salim's life who, and then, like he has like a son. Um, and this woman's just referred to as someone because it's like not her time in the story yet is kind of his justification. Uh, and it seems like the, this woman and Padma are kind of trying to convince uh, Salim to go seek like medical help because they think he's fucking insane and he's able to talk him off that ledge but then he goes off into the whole pioneer cafe scene where he essentially his mom keeps going on these random shopping trips after the wrong number caller calls um, and basically he starts he like figures out with the help of one of his friends how to like break into the, the like boot of his mom's car um, and then close himself in there so he can like ride with her and then see what's up. And essentially she's just meeting up with Nadir Khan at this cafe. Um, and the way he describes their meetup at the cafe like very much mimics the whole Indian movie eroticism where there's like not actual touching or kissing, but it's like still like kind of implied that they want to do that stuff and everything. And then it turns out that Nadir Khan is actually uh kasar khan i think is how you say it and he's like the leader of the communist party in this part of india and like narrowly loses the election um because of all these like you know underhanded dealings and all that sort of stuff and that brings us to the end of the three chapters that we read obviously a lot of crazy stuff kind of happened so i'd love to get your guys opinions on it and get some highs and lows if anybody wants to start um, I'll give you my low. Uh, man, I thought the Pioneer Cafe chapter was going to be more, more. I just wanted it to be more. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, they just kind of hung out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was expecting him to like see them like hooking up and him to be like scarred for life, you know? And instead it's like just some tender moments, which I understand would probably be pretty painful to see anyways. But I just was like, I don't know. He hyped it up a lot and it was kind of like, meh kind of whatever and the other thing i have to say man 
I would just say this right now. Shiva. <laughs> That's kind is... of the point of the pod, Max. I'm yeah, just... listen. I'll step up. I'll talk about it. <laughs> Shiva, the whole Shiva Salim thing was set up so well. It's like, oh, they're switched at birth. What really matters? Whose family matters? Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shiva's got these big-ass knees. And I'm like, okay, weird, but whatever. <laughs> and, like, Salim has a big-ass nose, which is funny. And it's all building up. We know that Shiva is an important figure, and he references him as, like, representing war and, like, the violent tendencies. And he talks about all those people's funny powers, which I thought was a great highlight of the book because he is very creative with some of the powers. But then the Shiva stuff, it's like, he's just, like, pretty mean. <laughs> is that his power? <laughs> he's, like, mean and, like, violent. He doesn't really explain the power, but what kind of bummed me out is I was expecting there to be, like, this big moment where Shiva and Selene, like, butt heads and they get in a fight about something or they disagree about something important. But it was literally, like, two 10-year-olds being, like, hey, let's, like, rule everybody. And then Shiva's, or, like, hey, Shiva, like, I'm trying to talk to everybody. And Shiva's like, man, this is crazy, but... Fuck you, bud. And Salim's like, oh, man. And she was like, let's bully everybody. And Salim's like, no, thanks. And she was like, all right, well, I already, like, bullied my dad with my knees, which, what the fuck? And then that's kind of it. And, like, that's the whole break. That's all that happens is, like, two 10-year-olds, like, disagree about, like, how to talk to the rest of, like, Midnight's children. I hope there's, like, more in the future where they have, like, more interactions that prove to me that their sort of split is, like, worthwhile because in that moment i read it and i was like yeah okay like whatever <laughs> it's like i guess other than like being switched at birth and being like basically opposites by the nature of that little crime i wasn't super convinced of their like hatred for one another other than just like a goofy ass little kid thing and shiva sounds like a little fuck which okay that's fine but i don't know you know what i mean i was expecting it to be like this to have, like, a bigger connection. And maybe it does. Maybe I'm just not thinking about it properly. But to have, like, a connection to India and how it plays into the whole new new country and this shit. But it just felt like this weird, anticlimactic little kid fight. And maybe that's what it was supposed mm-hmm. to feel like. But I think it was. Because, like you said, like, they are 10 years old. This was just their first meeting. I'm thinking that it's going to be kind of like a next two decades of them butting heads or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So there's there's also the added aspect of like links with with Hindu religion, right? So Shiva is like traditionally the god of war and the god of destruction, um, and then there's Brahma, who's come up a couple times in the book with like his basically dreaming the world into creation, um, and I think that Salim is kind of supposed to represent Brahma in a certain way, and that Shiva is kind of like the other side of things, so. Uh, I think it kind of seems like there's probably more that's coming and it is like portrayed through like, you know, nine or 10 year olds. Because at this point we can't even really, the guy can't remember his own fucking birthday. Like what happened before and after his birthday at this point when you talk about reliable narration, right? But like, (laughs) um, but it does seem like there's probably going to be more there, a little bit more there and maybe like a more of a critique on that. But um but yeah, dude, that was that was wild, and the f- whole thing with like Shiva and his dad, where his dad wanted to like basically break his kneecaps and turn him into like a crippled kid so that they could make more money, and like that's like a real thing that happens too. Or bigger chocolate yeah. bad dude. Yeah, and it's like holy shit, dude. That's that's something that you never really consider happening, and just it, it's just kind of crazy. So 
I also like the con- uh, contrast between him, like, telling him all this stuff about his life and how bad he has it, being a poor kid, and then, like, you know, Salim is spying on his mom, but as he's spying, like, he says that everybody can tell that his, like, even though his hair's messed up, it still has, like, some some hair gel in it and like even oh, those yeah. clothes are rumpled they're still like nice clothes and starched yeah. and like washed and stuff so it's a nice like contrast i think of, like mm-hmm. but it's also kind of equating like rich with good and like poor with evil which is also a little bit kind of like i mean mm-hmm. you know does being poor make you <laughs> evil or is it like being poor creates enough suffering to make you want to be evil or something i don't know Sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the whole thing is kind of more of like a nature versus nurture kind of argument, uh, landing on the side of the nurturing being more of an impact than your nature. Because if you remember right, like like obviously these two guys were switched at birth, and they're like they were basically the same baby when they came out, right? So if it was different circumstances, you know. Salim could have been in the same situation as Shiva and then been forced into all this like violent kind of stuff where Shiva's like, you know, the way Shiva talks about things, he's like, I got to do shit to survive, man. And like, if I don't, if I don't do these things, like there's no reason for anything. I'm just trying to survive. And if someone else kind of has to be hurt in the process, then so be it because people have hurt me in the process of their survival and stuff. So I think it's, I I feel like the whole disparity between their two upbringings, I'm not sure it's necessarily like supposed to be good versus evil more than it's like just that either of them could have had these upbringings and had these experiences, but it's just like a whole, it's just was random in this random act of, crazy fate you could call it or coincidence is what led them to to having that happen it does seem that like shiva is a natural leader whereas salim is very clearly not a leader like he gets mm-hmm. kicked out of this gang of friends and everything and like is kind of just like on his own whereas the shiva character is like leading gangs of kids who are older than him and like larger numbers um which it's hard to say if like if that's a result of him being raised in poverty and Salim's being raised in life of privilege. But it does seem like he's, he's just like a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and he's like, that's a great point. He's leading the gang of older kids too. That's yeah. So funny. Yeah, I like how you mentioned He's like, yeah, I mean, I got a gang. They're all older kids. And I'm like, this <laughs> <laughs> big ass. And then they these. literally influence the election. Like that particular <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. fucking election. <laughs> Oh, that shit was so funny. Man, yeah. I have to say, like, I love Salib's big-ass nose being, like, a big joke. And all the mentions of how he's, like, super ugly are pretty funny. He'll just be like, well, uh, this happens, man. I was fucking an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> and then Salib having, like, super big knees, which is, like, such a hard image to even think of, you know? And, like, his knees save yeah, his life by knees. breaking. There you go. his knees like save his life by breaking his father's hand and i'm just like bro what the fuck am i reading right now it's like he took his knees and squeezed and broke his father's hand i was like what the fucking knees bro (laughs) that kind of that kind of brings me to to my high which was the whole when salim was reaching out to all these children talking about how their own self-image was portrayed in their like 
speaking about themselves and everything like with each oh, other yeah like how when he he like realized that when he put himself into their minds they were seeing this like grotesque fucking like all caricatures of yeah like like cheshire cat smile and then like massive nose and just like this <laughs> kind of scary like not so nice image of himself right because that's like how he sees himself and then all these other kids all had their own like kind of distorted images of themselves to the point where they had to like go look in mirrors or in lakes to like actually actively like reflect what they looked like instead of just what they think about and that's like to me i feel like that was a really cool way of portraying the importance of like self-image and how you think about yourself and how you like speak to yourself and everything because like that shit really does matter with how you interact with the world because you have an image of yourself and if you think poorly of yourself versus if you're confident in yourself like uh like shiva is even though even though shiva's image was of like some sort of like rat-like creature uh, i get the sense that shiva kind of like takes pride in that because it's like more of like an enterprising kind of like you know i don't know just just like hard i don't know what the fucking word i'm looking (laughs) for is my brain just like literally shut off like it's like ambitious, but it's not ambitious. <laughs> anyway, I, I think he would like take pride in that image, and he like sure. knows who he is and like what he is, and that's why he like is confident in just being that. Versus Salim, who has this weird fucked up image of himself, which I'm sure is not helped by being able to access other people's minds and confirming the worst things that you think about yeah. in how other people see you, right? So. I just thought that that was a really cool part to add, and it kind of said something important about how you see yourself. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it too because it really made the going into people's minds a realistic sort of thing too. It was like a, a small detail that makes it so you're like, oh yeah, you know, like that probably is how it would be to try and figure out whose mind you're in if you're like seeing their own perceptions of themselves. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's like s- hearing it's like hearing your own voice on a podcast, and you're like, "What the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I sound gross." <laughs> I was gonna say when he said that, like, "Oh, Salim was like a little, or Shiva was like a little rat faced, angry boy." I thought of just Brad Marchand, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> can we for, uh, can for we all take the hockey fans out there? Hockey on this podcast. Sorry, I, really wanna... I, sh- I should have. Yeah, I should have. We should have. Should, you should have. We really should have put a warning there. For no me, need to return. Warning for all Abs fans. No listening to this podcast. Can we just can we just get a rest in peace for Denver sports fans with yeah, eight bro. playoff losses in ten days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. two sweeps. Incredible. And I was, tough. and just you know, this is complete non sequitur. But right before we're supposed to get full capacity fucking venues again, are you kidding me? Know, God damn it! <laughs> so fucking miserable. Uh, Anyway, that's Milo for the book. <laughs> I'm going to hop in and get my stuff out of the way. Oh, here we go. It, I do have to uh, leave fairly soon. So I'm just going <laughs> to rattle them off real quick. Get it, boy. All right. Oh, man, I'm first I'm ready. Off, page 230. He has this whole big paragraph about how he's like, hey, you know, reality can be metaphorical too. And like basically does exactly what we were talking about in previous podcasts where he's like, all of this crazy stuff's happening, but you could think about it metaphorically, literally like directly to the audience, which I think was good in some ways because he just pointed out the metaphors, which I was like, 
thanks like now i can actually like kind of get it but it's also like you know what we were saying compared to gap garmar he's like yeah all this magical stuff happens but you don't really have to think about it as magical stuff which is a little disappointing yeah could Um, i could i just hop in super quick because that links up with something else um on page 242 there's a quote that salim says to padma and the mysterious woman who has his son um and this is the quote i told you the truth memory's truth because memory has its own special kind it selects eliminates alters exaggerates minimizes glorifies and vilifies also but in the end it creates its own reality and like that's that's objectively true and then it also just kind of puts into question not only the narrator for this book but like the narrator for all books because any kind of memories and shit like like Sam and I, you know, thinking about, like, fifth grade or some shit, like, if we pulled up a random event from that time, we'd remember it so fucking differently, even though we were both there experiencing the exact same thing. So we have our own little realities about, like, what we've experienced, even if it's the same experience, and we, like, live through those realities. And so that was cool. I really like that. So Yeah. I also saw a video by Ted Ed, which I really like, and is part of the way that we find new books. But... It was about the Rashomon <laughs> effect, which is this movie by um, a Japanese director. Uh, you may have heard of him, Akira Kurosawa. Anyway, Ooh. he does this movie called Rashomon, which is basically about this samurai who gets murdered in the woods. And there's three witnesses, and all of their stories are different. And it's kind of like left up to the audience to tell like exactly what happened, because all of them change the events to either make themselves look better or like misremember things. And it's just kind of how it, it, in the video, they talk about how, like, the Rashomon effect is, like, how truth is really non-existent, especially when it comes to, like, remembering things, just because, like, human memory is so faulty. And so they said that, like, the big, like, end quote thing was, like, sometimes if, like, there's a unanimous thing, it actually means that it's less reliable than if everybody's, like, disagreeing about it. Nice. So, Yeah. That was good. And also on 243 where he says, like, basically to our face that he's unreliable. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> and unreliable, so that settles that. Um, yeah, straight <laughs> up. He's like, yeah, I don't know, fuck it. And he ends the chapter with, like, yeah, I think that was before my birthday or after. Man, I'm not good at this. And I'm like, <laughs> we're only halfway through the book. What, what is this? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I liked, I do also really like the powers part and the part, the girl who's like so beautiful you couldn't even like look at her that and was then, scary and Dude, then, that was such a fucking gab garmar ripoff again yeah, <laughs> yeah it really it was. was yeah but also that it was a nice twist that like in order for that to happen or like for to her to be protected they like slashed her face and then she mm-hmm. just got like sort of like the breaking the knees thing like she got all of the money because she was like you could tell she was still extremely beautiful but like also mutilated yeah which was uh, sad um yeah, sad, very sad. Big sad. Yeah, the book club boys don't condone mutilating 10-year-old children. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yep. Yeah. Yep. None of that. Before <laughs> um, Let's see. Oh, I really liked in these chapters sort of like the, the voice of the characters. Like, for example, on uh, page 244, where he's talking to... Um, oh, what's his friend's name? The lock picker. Sonny. Yeah, Sonny. Sonny. Yeah, so Sonny, I really like him. He's he's a nice dude. Anyway, where he's like, show me the lock, man. And he's like, the, all of those quotes, I think, are very, like, mm. you can hear 
the character speaking, which I thought mm-hmm. was really nice. And like a ten, yeah. like ten year olds, like all right, man, like all right, man, okay, man, yeah, like, wait, I, you know, show me where the locks at, man. I bust <laughs> that thing open. I <laughs> <laughs> love that whole sequence. Trying to yeah. sound older than they are too, like mm-hmm. using man and stuff. Trying to sound like big and tough, like yeah, man, mm-hmm. what's up, man? Like how you doing, man? Like totally. all that type of shit. Yeah, so, uh, I'd really liked uh, our American character and how he said that all Americans need a frontier. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn. Oh. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really that true. Was, like the cowboy and then the cowgirl like cowboy. Assistance versus the Cow- Indians. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, the double entendre of Indians. Yeah. I really like my man, that too. My man's good at wordplay. Gotta give him that. Like, <laughs> my man's got a brain. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Yeah, he can write. Evie, Evie Burns, the American girl, she was my love. She sucked. She, she, <laughs> she was did really just fucking. She was so mean. Classic American. And my other low was that Salim fell in love with her, but then <laughs> one of my one of my many highs was that he pretty quickly was just like, ah, never mind. She sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he yeah, got over pretty quick, and I was like, cool, all right. Yeah, he, yeah, he moved on, and it was refreshing to not have him just be obsessed for like the rest of the book. Which would yeah. be a Gab Garmar sort of move. Oh, dude, for sure. Like, they grow old, and then they're like, oh, you know, I saw her until I was 85, and she never <laughs> aged. It was beautiful forever. But instead, he was kind of like, oh, yeah, actually, she's terrible. She's yeah, she fucked us. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love uh, the way he described her braces, too. Just like, fucking. Yeah. She reminded me of the girl from Dora that's in a dentist's office. But oh, just like yeah. <laughs> the like bag yeah. shaker from girl. Nemo, yeah. from Nemo. Oh, sorry. Yeah, not Dora. <laughs> you were thinking Dor- Dory. He was thinking Dory. Dory. Yeah. <laughs> Nemo Explorer. Oh, such a workaround. I'd also like to clarify: the book club boys do not associate with Dory because we don't like Ellen DeGeneres because she abuses interns. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, I always forget that she's Dory. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's I didn't. Wild. I didn't know that until just now. Man, hate that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's like um, also whatever there was one little zinger one liner where he said something along the lines of like Indian India always had its problems but at least our teeth are fucking straight and like oh, Americans yeah. like yeah. can't keep their teeth oh, that's pretty funny oh, that's yeah, like, America conquers the world but like their mouths are like rebelling booty. against them they have yeah. booty mouths yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's cause we're it's, it's cause we're an offshoot of the English man like mm-hmm. That's for damn true. Uh, all right, last things. My low was on page two fifteen when he rehashes or like makes us recall the perforated sheet thing with his grandpa and how he like used it as a ghost costume. But then he puts in parentheses if you recall, and I underlined it, and I was like, duh. Like, of course I, I recall, recall. You, you like you don't have to say that like sure. just just leave that out of the book I don't yeah. want it that's dumb and I read it insults <laughs> my intelligence as a reader yeah maybe he's trying to say or implying that he doesn't really recall things well that could oh, be that's a lot smarter than that. that's actually but I, I do agree nah, like so. fuck you <laughs> there have been a couple of them a couple of them where he goes like four pages and he's like remember that one cool thing I mentioned I'm like I mean, yeah, man, I, I'm reading. I, yeah, I read it two pages ago. Like, I do remember. Like, this isn't... This hey, isn't I've been like caught where I was like, shit, I don't remember, and then I had to go back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing, I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on the, like, green and black, almost like poem mm-hmm. at the yeah. beginning of oh, yeah. uh, one of the chapters on, on 238. Yeah. The Widow and, and stuff. And the Widow, yeah, because, yeah. like, the Widow is being hyped up 
pretty big, especially yeah. in that section, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see her emerge in the story. But I also really like the sort of, like, it almost rhymed to black black and green thing, and I really just enjoyed, like, reading that whole section. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely... I read it as a poem. There were like all these run-on sentences, like a lot of repetition and even rhyming. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So, so to me, that was like it. Right afterwards, it t- he talks about like the fever breaking, and then for two days, Padma's been like with him all night and stuff, and that he he's been like saying random things. I took that as like all the random stuff that he was saying. Oh. So it was like he was almost describing like the image that he was seeing while he was like unconscious with the fever and Pogba was trying to like take care of him and stuff um that being said it's it's clearly foreshadowing something um (laughs) green and black I'm not exactly sure uh I mean the am I crazy like the the is the Pakistani the Pakistani flag flag is like green and white right yeah I'm looking it up right now I think it's green with like a white like crescent moon and star yeah yeah um so Wait, maybe wasn't there has... green and black at the cafe? Yeah, but I don't know if that's like, is that like a the communist party thing? Is there like some like communist party thing going on? Like, uh, that can be too. I yeah. Oh, there was this. This is a side note, but there was this moment where like, um, it's I think it's at his birthday. His uncle come through and is like, "Oh, fuck the communists! Like, we can't let them win the election." And then, um, Salim's mom. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, she gets flushed red, and they he t- describes oh, it as yeah. like a Soviet red because like yeah. she's seeing the deer. That was pretty, that was pretty funny. Party, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, and also just like working with them to try and like actually get people to take care of shit. Like yeah. that was I I loved the whole dichotomy of like she's married to this to this guy who she just like doesn't like and like who's a richy rich boy, but she like goes into the poor area and is like essentially trying to with nadir like protect people from the richy rich guys who are just like her husband and like it's just like the dichotomy of her life and like the duality of it is like really really interesting and it's obviously tragic but then it's gonna be like more tragic considering there's still the whole threat of revenge from her sister because she stole her sister's soon to be husband which has been like hanging around everywhere so like with the like she's with a guy who she doesn't even love and then she's gonna die for that guy basically is kind of like what i've interpreted it as so far so seeing how that comes to fruition is gonna be really interesting too i think it's it's now time to officially induct ahmed sanai into the hall of fame of like little fucks because holy (laughs) shit man he is the whole book he's been like pretty bad in these chapters when he's like describing him i'm just like man this guy really fucking sucks like super yeah. bad he's just like basically insane and just absolutely dominating the whiskey like up going so hard and yeah i like how he talks about how he's always happy in the morning and then he just stops being happy in the morning and it's like all right it's it's basically over now like, just him as like a human mm-hmm. and i was like oh. and there's one moment when he roasts him he's like oh and it's just like his whole little basement like layer started to smell just like fucking failure. And I was like, ooh. It's <laughs> like such a roast. Yeah, dude. Oh I feel my like God, that guy sucks. I feel like he's Salman's way of like 
taking jabs at people with normal nine to fives and like you'll never be fulfilled you gotta follow your dreams and be an author like me you know what i mean yeah, like you you have dreams and you'll if you don't pursue them you're gonna smell like failure you no matter what kind of success you find which is like true to some extent but also you can find happiness in other ways right but For like sure. but yeah dude that was that was brutal and especially like the outward way that he was portrayed as like being successful to other people and like it, like Salim's mom keeps getting comments from the other people on Methwalds and they're like he's so enterprising and oh he's working so hard for his family mm, yes, he's, what, a, what a gentleman but in reality he's just this angry fucking drunk dude who like doesn't give a shit about anything except stocks anymore <laughs> yeah seriously which he gets pretty good at Yes, I mean he's he's wet with the stocks. We'll give him that much for sure. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> and <Man>. Sam's gone, <laughs> and he's oh, out, shit. baby. Has left the meeting. He's, he's out, yeah. Um, I just had like such a chuckle thinking about. I just for some reason thought about Blood Meridian, which which we had all read. For those of you that don't know, and uh, man, the whole scene with him just like boozing heavy just brought me back to Blood Meridian, where it's like, can you imagine just being drunk? like 75% of your waking hours and then hung over the other 25% and just like shooting people in the wild west or i mean just living in some like rich house and like waking up and like going to breakfast and being like hung over as fuck and then like going to the basement and just like looking at your secretary for 6 hours and then just like going back to bed and like getting wasted it was just like oh fucking brutal lifestyle yeah dude addiction is so sad I know, man. It's like, like addiction crazy. really fucks me up, dude. And the way that we like, I'm, I'm gonna get on one of my soapboxes real quick because I have such a large platform of people who multi, trust my multi, opinion, multi hundreds million. of folks. Yeah, yeah, but um, but dude, it's like the way we treat addiction in society is like so fucked up too. Because yeah. legitimately, the whole deal with addiction is any of us in any situation. Like, if we're put in the right situation, or in this case, the wrong situation, you can get addicted to a substance. And there's, like, no empathy there for people who are in these insanely difficult situations. And then treating them like criminals is just, like, that ain't the move, chief. You know? Yeah. Like, that's that's not it. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's so fucking sad. That whole descent for Ahmed is, dude, like... so rough. Holy it's shit, It's tough, man. dude. It's tough. And he keeps I, having these descents, and... Then he just keeps having another one. Like, wait, his, yeah. first his assets froze, then his assets froze, and now <laughs> now he's an alcoholic. And, yeah, and then yeah, his tetrapods died out, and he got yeah. walked Tragic out by the women that problem. we don't really know what their relation to his partner was. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild, man. It's wild. What about um, Adam? Have you given us a high or a low yet? I gave you my low. low um, I've, I've, you know, I got a few quick highs. I'll just rattle them all off. Um, first, oh, I already mentioned this one, but when when he gets over Evie real quick, I was like, my boy, all right, nice. Yeah, then I also love that his boy Sonny, uh, Sam mentioned this, is just like still loyal to him, even though he's kicked mm-hmm. out of the gang. Like Sonny's just through. Sonny's the best, friend. bro. Just hanging. It reminds me of tough. Max. Uh, the book that we read, Name of the Wind, uh, the same character, who's just, oh, like, a, nice. such a good friend to the nice. throughout. Um, yeah, definitely. Another moment I love, one redeeming thing that Ahmad Sinai, Ahmed Sinai did was planting trees, evergreen trees, for each of his kids when they were born. Oh, I thought that was yeah. a cool idea. You plant a tree when your kid's born, tree and the kid grow together. That was kind of yeah. cool. My, cool. My grandpa Luigi kind of did that. We, like, 
planted a fruit tree in his in his backyard and like like not just my grandpa but my grandpa my grandma um and now that entire yard is taken up by a fucking multi-million dollar like mcmansion whoa whoa (laughs) fuck (laughs) (laughs) mcmansion dude it's it's wild like it's the community that they grew up that, that like they had a house in after my grandpa passed away they like sold the house and everything right but it's like a very there's like a large influx influx of like uh of like i think it's chinese immigrants but some some like society of asian immigrants and they it's like a bunch of like multi-generational households and all the houses have like certain characteristics like an arched front and then the driveway it's not like the garage is straight in the driveway but it's like 90 degrees so you come in and then you turn into the garage to like maximize parking and stuff and it's just like yeah it's it's really <laughs> it's kind of cool to see like all the stuff but it's that like it's, it's weird because cool. yeah they're like all they all have like a certain characteristics and stuff which is wild man that's actually cool mm-hmm. i love that shit the houses for the record i was talking about the houses having the same characteristics <laughs> oh let the record show let the record, <laughs> let the record show <laughs> all right wait, i have two more two more quick highs yep one of the superpower kids i'm not sure if i've read this right but it sounded like his superpower was that he could fly when he closed his eyes <laughs> yeah. and that i thought was like hilariously cool like that you can fly so but to lift off you need to close your eyes <laughs> and keep them closed otherwise you can't fly Kids and probably the, really good at like dive bombing, dude. Yeah, like, for real. Oh, eyes, that's open a good them point. up to check stuff out and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking just how quick. fucking cruel. Like you, you, you can fly. One of the coolest superpowers, yeah. but you cannot see where you're going and you cannot yeah. see the world from above. I thought that was my nice. dude. My dude probably plays Flappy Bird up there too. Just yeah, like, <laughs> like blinking just to get a little boost. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Man, yeah, probably lots of blinking. Yeah, probably lots. All right, and then my last one, the most important of all. After teasing me for like three chapters, saying stuff like "Children of Midnight," (laughs) Midnight's Child, we get hit with Midnight's Children not once but twice. Nice, yeah, nice. Yep, the Midnight Children Conference, baby. I I checked the cover of the like after I read it, I checked the cover like three times just to be sure. (laughs) I was so excited. Yeah, that was my high. Nice, and I think like I'm satisfied. I don't need to read the rest of the book now. Hey, done, I'm done, so, baby. Yeah, Good yeah. book. Everyone, we're gonna just do our book breakdown from here now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. dude, I, I just love the powers thing, man. Like, it was going super back fun. To it, yeah, like the dude who can like look in. He like enters the mirror dimension, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like just looks in a mirror and then can like pop out of any reflective surface in India. Like what? The yeah. There's a flash dude. super villain with that power. It's pretty freaky. Yeah, yeah dude that's it's wild and then um and then there were the two so there were like three kids who were too beautiful right one of them was the one who like blinded her parents when she came oh, out yeah and then the other one there was like the sets of tw- there was like the set of twins who like kind of creepy because they're still 10 years old but like men are like committing suicide yeah over them, basically which was wild um yeah, but yeah, dude. If you guys could, if you guys could have one of the one of the powers of the Midnight's Children, which one would it be? Man, give me that mirror stepping. I'll take yeah, it. The I mean, that stepping's pretty solid. Also, not gonna like fuck me up. Like Salim has talked a lot about <clears throat> seeing people's visions and stuff, and he keeps saying like, "Oh, I was ten years old." 
So can you imagine how badly that would F you up to, like, see everybody's inner thoughts all the time? Like, holy shit, like, looking into your parents to see how they actually think about you would just instantly fuck you up. So, Mm -hmm. I'd go for, yeah, or, like, the flying one is pretty hilarious. I have to say, just to add to that, like, I was impressed because I feel these days, like, there are so many superhero shows or comics or books or whatever. It's, like, really hard to think of an original power for some character to have. And he busted out with, like, a couple that I just never even heard of before. Like, the, mm-hmm. the person that, like, goes into the water and can just change genders and then can just come back out. I was like, oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah, yeah, that's it's wild. Like, some of the stuff, the way he described it was pretty cool, too, where he's, like, when he talks about, like, the amount of time between them and midnight, right? Changing from, like, magic children to, like, assorted freaks. I thought right? that was really interesting, yeah, and, like, it obviously, like, it was kind of crazy, but there was, like, the, the like, Siamese twins, but instead of there being, like, two heads, it was, like, two bodies, and the one head could speak in, like, two voices, oh, yeah. and could speak all of the, like, languages in India, and it was, like, that was what, cool. what is, that's wild, like, that that's the kind of thing in this kind of book where I'm, like, if I knew more about India... Like, I bet that would, like, ring a bell for me, and I would know what he's, like, actually, like, referring to. But sure. to me, Dumb American Boy, I'm just like, whoa, that's fucking wild. Yeah, dude. Man, yeah. some of them are so good. I really like those. Yeah. It, a lot of them were, like, pretty pretty deep, like, deep backstories, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of yeah, went he, At one point, he rattled off a bunch, but some he went further in. There was... Yeah. There was like dude, someone who had healing powers. Someone who guy can eat metal. Eat metal. Someone <laughs> could. Someone could grow the the biggest aubergines. Yeah, which that like, was so funny, dude. It's like what a wild, like random fucking plant to pick. I feel like. I know. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. There was also like a time traveler and like someone who had perfect mm-hmm. memory, which is kind of interesting given the kind of like theme of memory throughout this book and what we talked about earlier about how it's subjective yeah yeah and then um to me i think the most interesting one like at least the most interesting backstory one was the pervardi the witch who she's like the poor girl from the wizard's like slum basically like the magician slum and she like does all these different tricks with her dad while he's begging or they like fake shove like swords through her neck and stuff like that like you know all the like greatest like ooh conjurer tricks and like all that kind of shit when she's like she's playing along with it but she's keeping secret that she's like a legit conjurer like she's legitimately what they're all like faking to be but she has to like keep it secret and everything because obviously shit's wild yeah dude i I really liked all that stuff i i I mean he did a couple of good jobs like the witch what was i'm sorry pavardi the witch thing and then later when he's talking about like the present day and he's recovering from his fever and he's like oh my son came to see me and like the mother of his child he's like oh it's like not time to introduce her to the story yet and you're like mm, okay <laughs> like he's not over it clearly so i don't know what's yeah. going on the other thing man <clears throat> i wish sammy was here to talk about this this is a little bit of a turn so just let me know if you guys want to return to the superpowers but man the whole scene where this whole time we've been talking about like an a sort of unreliable narrator he keeps mentioning it and it's like okay clearly you want us to think about it 
And the whole scene where Padma and his the mother of his child like try to get him to go outside, and he like knows that there's an ambulance there to take him to the hospital to like give him presumably like a psych evaluation, and that it's happened like before. I was like, man, now I'm really thinking more about the like narration stuff. And I'm like, maybe yeah. he's just like totally crazy. And like, it's all, it's all just part of the thing. And I don't know. It just like that moment more so than the other moments where he just says, oh, I'm not a good narrator. Had me wondering about like the reliability of the narration. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's also like the whole sequence after that where he convinces them not to take him because of like green chutney like, <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah. I'm starving I need some green chutney baby he's like listen before we do anything crazy give me that green chutney yeah, yeah, he also better. just like teased the story and made them all curious about what happened next yeah and then yeah. he just smooth, sweet talked him and he's like works every time I like that part where he's like oh I told her this I told her that worked great she was so into it I was like alright mm-hmm. yeah. and she's listening to him say that yeah, yeah. yeah I love that <laughs> oh man yeah well like I I think that the color green, the color green has to have some sort of like direction here, sure. right? After the whole widow, widow like sequence and how there's like the green and the black and everything and then seeing the stuff with the chutney and like, you know, all this stuff, it, it feels like to me that might be like, there's it, it, that type of stuff's like leading towards something, which I'm pretty interested in figuring out where that might go, you know? Totally. So... Yeah, man, the colors, I'm interested about the colors. There's a lot of stuff, like, I think we said this a couple of um, pods ago, or maybe last pod. Because, like, I feel like this book would be great on a second read. You could catch, like, a lot more stuff. Because there's still sequences where he just makes so many references, and I'm just like, man, I don't fucking know. And, like, I'm not going to look up every single one of them. And I feel like the colors, like, if you reread the book and you have an idea of, like, which colors are going to show up more often you would see a clear pattern as to like what he's Mm -hmm. referencing and stuff so yeah absolutely one thing that i also wanted to bring up um i just it jogged my mind because i just randomly opened the page but the way he describes how he like organizes people's minds based on tidiness was oh yeah super cool and also like super relatable because he was like I always like the people who had jumbled minds because I have a jumbled mind. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, me too. It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> so nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like talking about it and especially talking about it in reference to like this is when his mom was heading to the Pioneer Cafe and how she like, he's like, normally her mind's like very tidy, but right now it's like all over the fucking place. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of wild to think about like if you had his power, like, that you could actually feel those types of things in people and actually see them kind of happen like that. Cause you know, everybody, when they're a little flustered, their mind gets a little all over the place and stuff. And like, or, you know, if you're, if you just f- fell in love with somebody, like, you know, like all over, there are like random things that can like jumble your mind like that. Sure. And I feel like that's not something people normally consider when like, there's like telepathy in movies, or at least what I've seen normally it's like, this person thinking this insane like thought or like thinking out their plan or you know it's like very kind of focused on one or two things and the whole like that doesn't capture the whole jumbled nature of the human mind in a good way which i thought that that comment really did yeah dude i love that 
I love that idea of seeing somebody's mind, like a library or something, and saying like all the books are in like order and they're put on the wall or they're yep. just like all over the fucking floor. And I was like, man, that's cool. And yeah, I liked his acknowledgement of like, I'm my mind is super jumbled, so I I like feel akin to the people whose minds are jumbled. And I was like, mm-hmm. nice. Because even the way yeah. he's written the book, it's like he's jump jumping to and from, and he's like making references and mentions, and I'm like, just fit in real nice with the rest of the book. I was like, look at this rush day. I gave him, a, I, I put my book down. I gave him a little golf clap, and I picked it back up and kept reading. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, guys, is there anything else from these chapters that you wanted to uh, to cover? I'm good, Sam. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Zing! That was a pretty good one. Holy shit! You're a little roasted oh. these days. Holy crap, dude! Yeah, Adam's on. Adam's you guys, in fuego. You guys are on top of it. I was fucking. I'm I'm toasted. I'm, I'm toasted. Um, Bro, how hot is it up in Montana right now? Because it is, it is fucking like my back is sweating from just sitting in the chair yeah. that I'm in, like probably through my shirt kind of status. Oh, it's been bad, man. We I think Monday was like 92, and then yeah. Tuesday was like 90. Today's yeah, slightly better. It's like yeah, dude, that's weak sauce. It's like 102. What do you guys? Uh, dude, it's shit. it's 91 right now. Like at five wow, and six that. almost seven in the evening jesus christ time all right so Man, that's crazy reading assignment uh we'll oh, yeah. read the next you guessed it three chapters uh, we're gonna read fuck? alpha alpha and omega the colonos kid and commander Sabar, sabarmati's baton <laughs> oh uh, nice dude the, yeah he, dude. oh nice nice we're getting some we're getting some good stuff um max where should we stop uh let's see listen folks when you reach the page that says revelations put down your book put your hands in the air and emergency dial the book club boys because we're going to talk about it exactly adam how do you feel (laughs) (laughs) i can feel the fuss coming through the the airwaves uh, that's, that's one fussy boy right there well on behalf boy. of sam and the rest of the book club boys <laughs> peace out peace out peace out peace out